So I invite you today, if you have a Bible and want to look, we're in the Ten Commandments, and we've kind of slowed down to do these commandments to consider deeply because they're so huge. In almost every aspect of life and society, we, we follow these commands. We, we feel their weight. We, we think they're good, and they are. And, and so we've slowed down to think through, through these. I want to make sure you understand about the Ten Commandments. The Word of God from Exodus and Deuteronomy, it's two different places. Echoed throughout the, the New Testament as well. These, these statements are very important for the functioning of society. Right? They're good. Today, not just back then. They are good for us, right? I mean, I hope you feel that with me. It is good to not murder. <laughs> Thanks, Dax. The bar's really high. <laughs> it's good not to commit adultery. It's good to honor your mom and your dad. It's, it's good not to lie or to steal or to covet. I mean, that's why people, when they come to the Ten Commandments, they tend to focus on how important it is to do them because... Because if you're not doing them, you're undermining the very fabric that our civil society goes on. And so we teach our kids to know the Ten Commandments. Rightly so. And it's even good to think about them. I don't know if you've thought about them this way. In a positive way. So you say, hey, you know, it's good to regularly rest. To not be overcome with your work. You know, keep a Sabbath. It's good to honor your parents. Positive ones are easy, but the negative ones, right? So it's good to keep from murder. Well, that, to put that positively, it's good to honor life. God created life. We're like, hey, we value it too. It's good to honor and value the commitment you've made to a spouse. Those are important vows and good things. And it's good to, to you know... How well society works. Divorce is terrible and it hurts people. So those things, right? All of these excellent, good, and true. Externals, all of them. Sort of behaviors for societal function. All fantastic. But you and I have been considering the words of Jesus about these commandments. And it goes in a little different direction. We've dug it a bit deeper ways maybe I don't know you've thought about that we are people who stand on Christ and the good news of the gospel and law and gospel go together beautifully, fabulously. Importantly, by God's design. The commandments are really good and you don't keep them. I mean, that's the, the statement in the New Testament, right? I put me in that, you, I'll say we, but I want you to feel it, I want you to feel it. You don't keep them. So we've said this, you know, God's commands are his, not his enablements, they're his impossibilities. And there's a little pushback on that, and it's a good pushback. It comes on time, really? How do you know they're impossible? Don't we do some of them? Don't I have the ability to do them? Say, so, yeah, I, th- that's okay, I really don't care. I really don't care if you have ability or not. What I'm, what I'm interested in for you today is your functional ability, which means you don't do them. Like you saying to me, well, Dutch, I think we can do them, is great, I, 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 fantastic, but are you doing them? That's the question I really care about. As you can say, that just digs a digger, bigger hole for you. If you're like, well, you know, I don't like that you're saying they're impossibilities because we can actually do them. Well, okay. Show me your card. Show me your golf score. 
Show me how you, and for every single person, the word of God in Romans 3, the word of God in Philippians 3, the word of God throughout is you don't have any credit for doing the Ten Commandments. You fail. So I started thinking, man, we've just been preaching on the ten downers. But they're not downers because of law and gospel. They go together. And for you to start to grasp that and to see, oh, wait a second, I'm in a certain spot. And I know where my hope is. This becomes life-giving for your your whole life. The pro- issue isn't, isn't, isn't theoretical ability. The problem is that you and I do not. We are not enabled to in the sense that we don't do it and therefore we are crushed by the condemnation of the law. The Ten Commandments. Ouch. I fail. I don't climb up to the side of Jesus and that means he comes down to me. Big deal. So these we're doing today on these 10, we're, we're, we're heading through, we're kind of, this is a message that you've, you've heard the, the basics of. You get the idea that just keeps hitting us again and again. These are the two commandments we're looking at today. You shall not steal, Exodus 20, verse 15. And Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So these are two things that I just, I don't think they're difficult to understand. At least I hope not. (laughs) You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Don't lie about. Don't 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 shade wrongly your neighbor. And and interesting and encouraging that that God cares about how you treat your fellow man, your fellow woman, your fellow people. Right? And and treating them with integrity, that's fabulous. (laughs) You should. Very good. I I say integrity because both these commands kind of point to living in honesty and it's absolutely the right way to live. Right? I mean, mean stealing. Don't steal. It's a word that means you're taking what doesn't belong to you. Without permission. So we use it a lot, right? Use it mostly in, in commerce, like shoplifting kind of deal or, 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 or taking goods from a store. That's stealing. But so is breaking into a house and stealing money or clothes or whatever. We had somebody in the church just a couple weeks ago had their car stolen out of their driveway. That's stealing. It's harmful, right? You lose something that was yours that you've invested in, that you've, you, you've worked at, and all of a sudden someone just takes it, and it's like, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> I know. When my wife and I were finishing, I was in medicine and she was in pharmacy and we lived in a little tiny little kind of apartment and, and but home almost in, in Sacramento. And one day we woke up and we were looking out at the front lawn and people were walking by and they were stopping in our front lawn and they were looking down at the lawn and then they were picking stuff up and then they were going on their way to the hospital right by where we lived. And we were like, how nice. I mean, someone left a mess and these guys are cleaning it up for us. That's so cool. Then we went out and looked. And the night before, someone had broken into our car and at the time, you know, this is showing how old I am, the cassette tapes that we had in the car, Christian cassette tapes, and they were coming and kind of, they threw them out on the lawn because they didn't like them because they were Christian music. And then people were walking by and they were going, oh, hey, I'll take one of these. Hey, I'll take this. And we were watching people steal our music. I was like, no way. I wanted to run out. Wait a minute, that's mine. Stealing, right? I mean, it, little stuff can be that. It's 
It's loss for somebody. I mean, if we just take whatever we want, we're dishonoring other people, we're not respecting them. Might does not make right. There is right and wrong, and it's wrong to steal. Whether it's a candy bar from the store or, or, or somebody's precious jewels, stealing is wrong. Don't do it. We even widen it, and I don't know what's the context of this, but we widen it. We steal people's time. We steal people's effort. We take advantage of other people's stuff. That's all in the same concept to widen it a little, but, but here really it's talking about things. It goes beyond integrity about not taking. Because what's the flip side of that? It doesn't sound to zero, right? It's to what? To give. Man, you know Jesus was about giving. Jesus is about not just giving to your, your, your friends. He's about giving to your enemies. Like if somebody asks you of your cloak, man, give, give them everything. Give them your shirt too. Giving is the flip side of taking, not do nothing. Like, well, don't steal, so stay in your closet and be very quiet. No, positively seen. Be a person who has generosity. Be a person who, like, loves to give. I'll, I'll put one. Here's Paul. We're talking about excellent living. This is excellent living. This is on giving. He says, hey, each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Oh, so this whole idea, you know, you're not supposed to be a thief that you take things from people. You're supposed to be a cheerful giver all over. This is beautiful to have a culture of giving generously all around. I don't want to be a taker. I I don't want to steal. I want to be a giver. I want to bless people. It's fantastic. Wonderful way to live. May we be a people of incredible generosity. Lying the same way, right? That second command, don't bearing false witness. It's a particular kind of lying. It's not just any lie. It's lying that takes somebody else down. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. That means don't say anything of them that's not true. It's not just in a courtroom, right? It's not just, well, when you come to the court and you say, I swear that I will solemnly not say anything wrong, and then you tell the truth, it's that you're daily living with people, is that you're always lifting them up, not tearing them down, particularly not tearing them down. No, like, insinuating that you're better with anyone else. No, 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 none of that stuff, right? Don't say a word that puts someone in a bad light, ever. This is also integrity. Shouldn't gossip about your friend. Shouldn't gossip about anybody. Right? Don't imply they're dumb or they've done something they haven't done. And what's the flip side of that? The flip side of that is to lift people up, right? Like the opposite of not tearing someone down isn't, well, just zip your mouth and not say anything good. It's, it's no, be a person who's constantly encouraging other people. Saying the best of them. Like, really. Not like, oh, I like your hair. But really, like, oh, I, I, I see qualities in you and trying to build them up in the right way. And, and, and you're a person who's looking to do that. And, and that's what you want to be, Right? I mean, that's Ephesians 4. Let me give you that verse. It's all over, but here's one. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. What an awesome thing. I want to be a grace giver. Grace is a gift too, right? So it's like, hey, I'm going to like look around and see how I can be positively encouraging people instead of cutting them down or, 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 
breaking them down. Here's the thing. Right? Really remarkable today. God thinks this is important. Like adultery, murder, important. Don't, don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Wow. But, but here's the thing, right? Because mostly we don't do the, the murder piece. I, my, my, my difficulty is not it, when I'm talking about don't murder. I'm not actually looking at you and saying, who, come on, you guys, hand over the bloody knife. I know you've been doing this. No, I had to kind of convince you from the Bible, but, but no, no, we actually murder by being angry because most of us think we don't do that. That's not something I do. No, no, no. And similarly, adultery. There's more of us in this room who have fallen into adultery, but we would all say, hey, I, I, most of my life I haven't been committing adultery. And praise God I haven't had that because it's a huge problem, and I, but big sin, easy to see. That, that's not really the case with this, I don't think. I, I honestly, what about these? Think about it with me for a minute. I don't know anyone, let's try and think this through and be real, personally, like really well, who's committed murder, like in the classic sense. I don't think I know anybody who's never stolen anything, like anything. Do you? Now, now I'm going to get 10 of you guys, 15 people after church. I'm like, no, no, not me. I've never stolen anything, Dax, but, but, but that kind of deal, right? But then, um, what I'm getting after is that's this kind of thing, right? Most people are like, you know, so saying, well, Dax, what about you? Yeah, I stole a candy bar when I was a kid. I stole it from the store shelf. I don't remember exactly what candy bar was. I just remember it was really good. And I remember I was never caught. I didn't go back and make restitution. I didn't go and pay the store. I didn't, uh, anything. I just enjoyed the candy bar. And now I'm confessing it to you. Somebody's going to come out of the woods and say, I saw you steal that candy bar when you were 12. We all, a lot of us have those sorts of stories. I know a dear, dear friend of mine who stole money from a pastor's kids when she was growing up. <laughs> and she had to go back and give it. Now, if that person stole, then everybody's stolen. Because they just are very honest, these people that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about me. Everybody, you know, that sort of thing. This is, in, in my mind, it's only a big problem if I were caught. Like for most of the stealing that I think about with people. I don't know about you. I mean, I was on a jury last year, and, and we can talk about it now, right? So it was a jury where this guy rolled into one of the big shopping stores in the, in the area, a grocery store, and he rolled in with his ice chest in his cart, and then he went around the store, and as it was, he would like the high-quality items, he would open the, the ice chest and like sweep in a few of them and then close the ice chest, and then he put a bunch of other stuff over the ice chest, and then he went through the checkout line. And he paid for everything on the outside of the cart, but in the ice chest, he did have ignored that stuff. And they caught him. It's like, dude, you weren't smart enough. But it was amazing to see, like, like the cameras they had watching him all through the store. I never, ever think of the stores the same way again. What a deterrent to stealing. They're watching you. And this guy, we watched him, and he was guilty, and he did it, and, and, and it was a big deal, a lot of money. So that's like, well, that's a lot of money, because he stole these high-ticket items, you know. That's not good. He was guilty. And that was real stealing. But you know, I was guilty too. I just wasn't caught. <laughs> 
and, and here I am. What about you? Have you ever stolen anything? I, and, and I think we pretty easily, I, I didn't have trouble. It wasn't a heavy thing on my heart this morning to share with you that I stole a candy bar when I was a kid. What if it was murder? Well, I wouldn't have shared it. <laughs> what if it was something big? No, because why? Because we don't see stealing as that big a deal. We don't think it as, as this massive thing. I mean, everybody's stolen something sometime. I've never murdered. I've, I've stolen, sure, but you know. Or, or you could say the same thing about spoken ill of another person. You know, we are manipulators. It's really important to us that we're seen in a good light. So a lot of times we put forth, let's say, creative opinions about the motives of other people. I mean, they're not terrible. I mean, it's probably logical from where you're sitting. You're thinking about them. What they, do you know they did that? And doesn't it mean this? And boy, I think they're there. And, and then I start down this road really easily of saying something really wrong about something that maybe I'm actually wrong about. You know what that's called in the Bible? False witness. Right? Because a lot of times we're saying that to kind of make ourselves feel better or to, you know, to make ourselves look like we're in a better light. So it just kind of slips out of us. It's, it's not particularly malicious. It's maybe not even a big deal, right? I mean, we've, we've you know, many of us, I'll, I'll put myself in this book, we've done these things. Slipping a couple times, you know, it doesn't really mean I'm not an honest person. I don't lack integrity. I I know it was wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it happened, but, but they're small slips. They don't really matter. And I could be more generous, and so could you. I could be more encouraging, and so could you. Let's take this as sort of a nice uh, call to, 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 to make some resolutions. I do that every year. January. It lasts about five minutes. Mine do. Maybe yours lasts longer. <laughs> Some, what, what, what happens, though, is I run down this common response that I really want to get at today. I want to spend just a few minutes on it with you to think through this with me. Because if you'll accept this is the word of God that's commanding you this way, but why don't you exactly perfectly not steal that I start to come up with these things I'll call excuses? Don't you? Like, I don't come up with excuses about, about murder, but I come up with excuses about stealing and not speaking well of people all the time. I do. You know, the defense to you or the murderer is, no, it's not me. Now, we need Nathan to tell us you're the man. <laughs> the defense with stealing is, well, you, do you understand my situation? Or... My defense is to excuse it. What do I mean? Well, I stole that candy bar, but you know it was a store. There were probably a thousand candy bars sitting out. They're not even going to, in fact, probably they're out, it was close to out of date. Probably they're going to throw it away. You know what they do with food when it gets out of date? They toss it. Was it really that big a deal? You know the unit cost of a candy bar? I mean, they're charging a dollar for it, but it only actually costs them about 15 cents. It's not that big a deal, right? What am I doing? I'm making an excuse. I'm minimizing what I did. That, that's what I'm doing. It's not I have stolen. It's, well, there are some other things. I, you know, I stole that loaf of bread, I would say, uh, but there were hundreds of loaves in the bakery. 
and my family is starving, starving. And they throw away most of that bread anyway. Now I'm talking about a story written by one of the coolest authors around. His name is Victor Hugo, and he wrote a book called Les Miserables about a guy named Jean Valjean who stole one loaf of bread from a bakery and the injustice that happened to him because of that small act of stealing where his whole life gets ruined by people who are too hard after justice. Javert. Well, you can read the story. It's a great story. But the idea is, is that it wasn't that big a deal. And there were mitigating circumstances. All of us have those. I'm big on mitigating circumstances. If it's about me. I mean, I, I think we are, right? Is, is, aren't we? I mean, we aren't that dramatic like the Victor Hugo novel, but, but we don't deny that we violate these. We, we just, we want more nuance. We, we want more explanation. Let me explain to you the setting in which this happened. I don't give generously and joyously, but you know what? The people I was going to give to you don't deserve it. The organization I was going to give to, I don't know how they're spending the money. Maybe they're not good stewards. This is stuff I worked really hard for. I think it ought to count for something. I'm, I'm, I'm saving it to make sure. It, it, it. Do you know about retirement? Have you heard about the word retirement? I need this money. This is stuff I need. And now we're right into the big barn arguments, right, that Jesus just totally demolishes. We excuse stuff all the time. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I hate this kind of sermon. I just want to talk about puppies and, and, and flowers. Instead, I get to talk about, you know what? We steal, and we're excusing it. We tear people down, and we're, we're saying it's okay. I'm a, I'm a thief. I did. I was joking earlier, but it's a real thing. You know, I'm, I was thinking about this for you guys, and I'm not trying to hit on my poor conscience. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, the church has like 400 batteries because Nathan overbought batteries someday. And we got like so many batteries coming out here. So I was like, oh, I need a battery at home. I went and grabbed them from the church. Well, I'm the pastor. I can do that. No, it's not my battery. If anything, it's your battery. <laughs> it's like you guys give to the church. The church buys batteries. It's not my battery to go take. But we had so many, it doesn't matter. What's that called? An excuse. That's what it's called. Right? I mean, and, well, batteries only, you know, 15 cents decks. You, can, you, you give about 15. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm talking about the thought process I go down. About the thought process we all go down. About how we're living our lives. Yeah. Really interesting. And, and, and I think quite, quite a big deal. False witness, well, you know, honestly, you know, I, I have let some judgment of other people pass my lips. I have heard many of you do that too. You say, but Dax, it's true. It's not false witness. It's true. They're like, they're really that way. Do you really know? Do you really look at them with the be best possible lenses? Are you reading them exactly rightly? And, and, and is that really going on in your heart? Or, or not, you know? 
Or we excuse ourselves again, right? Well, they deserve that. They, they're, they're really bad. And, and I'm shading because it gets me in a better lighter position if I put them down. I'm not, I'm not wrong. I'm just a bit harsh. You know, I really don't have a filter. I just say it like it is. What are you talking about? You don't have the ability to say something nice about someone instead of something harsh? No, that, that's an excuse. That's an excuse about you not wanting to work on and to be focused on the command of God to not bear false witness and instead do the positive thing, which is what? Encourage. The, the Bible says this. The Bible says, hey, look, look what the Bible says about our tongue. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. This is James 3. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. Now, why is he so mad? Why is he like saying that? If you keep reading, he'll say, because with the same mouth, you bless God and do what? Curse other people. And he's not saying some of you. Well, maybe he is. How many people here have a tongue? Oh, 99.99% of people and the people that don't are using sign language to tear people down. That's how we are. That's how we roll. This is us. It's terrible. This is what we do. This is, this is, all of this is something called self-justification, right? That's the Bible word. Like excusing something, and this is what we do with this command. It's not about, I don't do the command. It's about, oh yeah, I do the command, but I've got some reasons, you know. That's called justification. I'm justifying why I'm doing something, and I'm doing it about me. So it's self-justification. I'm saying, you know what? I know you're right in some sort of technical sense. I stole. But you know what? There are good reasons, and it's not really that bad, and I'm self-justifying and telling you I'm really a good person anyway. That's the problem. That's a huge deal. Self-justification is a massive problem for all of us. Where does it come out of? It's come out of thinking that we actually do have righteousness of our own. And we all think this. We all say we don't think it. Oh, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But then if I poke at you, you'll get defensive. You'll start giving me reasons. You'll start justifying why you're doing it. You'll start pushing at the other person. You'll start doing it. Why? Because I'm a self-justifier. This is what I do. This is my flesh. My flesh all the time is pushing it. I want to do stuff. This is it. This is, this is the problem. There are no gradations and no exceptions in the commandments of God. Okay, you steal something, but it didn't really matter. No problem, kid. It's not the answer of God. It's my answer. I actually don't think it's that bad. I, I, you know, it's pretty easy to share with you that I took a battery from the church. I'll take the slap on the wrist now. But, 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 but I'm breaking the command of God. Oh, come on, God. Chill. Okay, I'm waiting for the lightning bolt. Because God's command is the thing, and my commands are nothing. My rationale is nothing. My explanations are nothing. Everything about me is nothing. It's only our whole lives. Everything about what we care about is what God thinks about everything. And he says, don't do this. And I did it. And then what do I do? Well, wasn't that bad, God? What? <laughs> Am I crazy? Don't answer that. <laughs> because the answer is yes. The answer is I'm crazy. I'm not humbled by God's law. I want to wiggle. I want to get out. I want to show God that really I'm a good nugget. 
oh, I'm a diamond in the rough. If you just polish, polish me, God, you'll see good things because I'm good. When all of our relationship, all of what we have, all of who we are, gotta, gotta, gotta come from another way, right? Now we're getting to Christianity. That's what we're doing. We're doing life through death. This is super important because you got to hear, you, you have to hear this morning, and I'm going after pretty hard and I'm using me for silly examples, but, but, but I don't know your life, but you've got examples too that are personal ones. You know, did, did you pay your taxes perfectly? Did you steal from the government? Did you steal from, what, what is it, you know? Do you monopolize somebody's time and just use it all the time, use people and use people and steal their, their effort and their work? I don't know. You're going to have reasons. But the thing you're going to do if you hear that, if you really hear that this morning and you're like me, I go, okay, I can work on this. This is some, thank you, Dax. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, have been, I haven't been paying enough attention. I need to pay more attention to the details of the law of God because I can get this done. That's where my mind goes. That's the temptation in my heart. I double down. I make the New Year's resolution, even though they don't last for very long. The truth is, the truth is, that's a closed door, not an open one. Right? Because first, you've already done these things. You've already done them. The harm that they cause is already out there multiplying. When I steal and take something from someone else, and they don't get the result of that, there's a harm done, and, 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 and you say, well, I'm going to go make restitution. You can try, but the harm's already been done. But, but even more, right, we continue to feel the weight of these beautiful commandments. My problem, your problem, is not more discipline to do what you should. Your problem and my problem, like Jesus we read in our reading today, is our evil heart. Out of the heart comes these things. You know what doesn't work? Fake it till you make it is not in the Bible. It's not with the right habits, my heart will change. Because it's not habit-changing hearts, it's heart-changing habits. So if your heart changes, then your habits change. But if your heart doesn't change, you know, acting like you're not a stealer doesn't make you now have a pure heart as you think about all the ways that you still, we're going to talk about the next week about coveting, it's a great. Convicting command. So the problem is not, is, is not that my actions can have some improvement. My problem is my heart. My force of will does not help. I and you need humbling, not effort. Humbling. You and I need receiving, not accomplishing. Martin Luther said, the law says do and it's never done. Uh, John Bunyan said, you know, the law says run, but gives you neither hands nor feet. Good luck, buddy. It just doesn't happen. It's not that it's not good. It's not that, that, that the law is bad. It's great. But the problem is that we continue to struggle with these basic things. Don't steal. Don't speak anything ill of your neighbor. And so God in Christ comes. And he gives us life. Right? Not the life of becoming a person who doesn't steal on earth. Not the life of, not, 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 the, not the, oh, you diamond and I'll buff you up. Jesus isn't a polishing cloth with a generally good heart and now we're going to wipe it. No, J Jesus says, you die to get to me. 
You had to die to the law to come into union with Christ. That's huge. The proclamation is that you're condemned to die and raised to new life in him. It's not an excuse pathway. It's not a rehabilitation of you. It's his perfection and his resurrection by promise is yours. He says it. This is really important. Don't, don't miss this. Don't miss this. It's by promise, which means Jesus speaks a word. And you know what? So what's really important about Jesus? He does not lie. He does not steal, he gives. He does not tear down, he builds up. And he says to you today, trust me, I've got you. I've gone to prepare a place for you and I'm coming and I'll get you again. Is he? Yeah, his word is true. His promise is sure. It never falters, it never alters. It's absolutely set all the way through. This is my God. This is Second Peter 1, right? That we have gotten his very great and precious promises by which we become partakers in the divine nature. His great and precious promises are what does it. He does it because he's promised he's going to do it. When he promises and the follow through is his action and it's his action that's gonna do it. So we have this whole faith that says, you know what? It's not about me like, like oh, I gotta do less excuses and lie less. That's great for society. Do it, that's awesome. But you're gonna fail still and your hope is in resurrected life. Death to life. Because Jesus speaks with integrity. Because Jesus doesn't steal, he gives. Because Jesus doesn't bear false witness, he speaks utter truth. And he proclaims that he gives living water to all who ask. That he's the bread of life to all who will take him in. That he's the blood, is the forgiveness of all of our sin forever. I made you guys learn this word last year, to tell us die. It is Finished. That's, that's Jesus on the cross speaking. And that's about forgiveness, not improvement, forgiveness. Forgiveness of your stealing, forgiveness of your lack of generosity, forgiveness of your lying, forgiveness of your lack of encouraging other people because you die. And that's the way to life. Not you stronger, you dead. And trusting the giving and truth-telling of Jesus who promises you life forever. I want to leave you with this verse as we go today. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, that's us. What's raised is imperishable, that's what he's going to do. It is sown in dishonor, that's us. Dishonor, right? That's false witness and stealing. It is raised in glory. We won't have any more sin, no sin. It is sown in weakness. We do not have ability. It is raised by Jesus in power. Paul is talking about you. This is our hope today. It's what Jesus Christ has done. This is the good news. This is the announcement. This is the gospel. This is Jesus for us. This is everything. That, and, and we are fertile ground when we say, you know what? I'm going to be done with my excuses. And I'm going to tell you right up front, I am this. I'm a person who doesn't do it rightly. And I don't like that. I want to do better. I try to do better. I will not take away from the beauty of the law one little bit. I will just, I will just confess. I haven't. 
And that's not a call to get another two steps up. That's a call to receive the amazing, amazing wonder of Christ for you and me. This is what we stand for. This is where we live. That's this part of the Ten Commandments. Come back next week. We'll finish the Ten Commandments next week with the commands on covenant. Looking forward to it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these um, words that you've given us. Lord, they're difficult for me. Forgive me, Father, for wanting to lighten them, to wanting to explain them away, or to wanting to think I do them. And instead, Lord, we turn today together to the wonder of your Son. Thank you that we have a relationship with you because of what he's done. Thank you that we have forgiveness full and free because of his blood. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And Father, I pray we as a, a church family can grow in our dependence on this. We can speak encouragingly to each other about this amazing gift that you've given us. We're so grateful. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.